Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you thought you could pick and choose the laws you want to uphold, what the hell were you thinking? My name is Dave Bledsoe and this is the Friday, September 4th, 2015, your own personal Jesus edition of the show where we're talking about separating church from the state of stupid. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Indulgences Are Us, your one-stop shop for forgiveness and redemption. The devil is in your soul. Save it and money at Indulgences Are Us. Buy by the single sin or one of our forgiveness packages. Just stop by our website, forgivemejesus.org, and fill out the sin slate. Enter your creed, affiliation, and credit card number, and forgiveness is on its way. Your donation is tax-deductible. No matter your sin, Jesus forgives for a price. Indulgence Are Us, the fast and easy way to pray and pay. Indulgence Are Us is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Creflo Dollar Ministries. This is a new song. It's called uh, Jesus Loves You, but everyone else thinks you're an asshole. It's not about religion as much as it is about people who follow religion, who think they're better than most, and they're shit and stink. Well, this is a song for them. Jesus loves you, but everyone else thinks you're an asshole. Wise up. Everyone is talking about Kim Davis, the county clerk for Rowan County, Kentucky, population 23,333, or roughly one rush hour New York City subway car, who's taken the bold and principled stand of refusing to marry anyone if she's for- forced to marry the godless gays. Davis's deeply held religious convictions that gays are, and I quote here, icky and abominations damned to hell for their fornicating and dancing. Okay, that's not really so much a quote as just kind of what I think I think she's thinking. But none of this is relevant because th- this moral quandary is preventing her from performing her sworn duties as county clerk. Now, a lot of people who experience a moral conflict with a job do something that we like to refer to as quitting. Not Kim Davis. She She's stuck to her guns. Unfortunately for her and us, she didn't take Doug Llewellyn's advice. If you're involved in a dispute such as this with another party and you just can't seem to work it out, don't take the law into your own hands. You take them to court. Well, actually, she she did take the law into her own hands by deciding not to, you know, do what she was told to do by the Supreme Court. But she also took them to court from the federal district court in Kentucky all the way up to the Supreme Court. And each of those courts told her clearly, understandably, and unequivocally, Davis would have to issue same-sex marriage license. And when they all told her that she had to do that job, she bravely threw a tantrum and refused. Indeed, she attempted to start the process, again claiming that her religious rights were being violated, and the courts again told her, What heart of no, don't you understand? 
And she's not alone, folks. I mean, let me see here. This is the list of places where there are also other county clerks or equivocal officials uh, refusing to issue same-sex marriage licenses in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas. Yeah, they're also refusing to follow the law and issue marriage license to gay couples. You know, just once, I'd like to see Vermont or Minnesota on these lists. I mean, just for some sort of sense of variety. But Davis, as one does in these times, has become quite the hero to the oppressed Christian majority of this country who feel their values are under attack by the tyrannical forces of liberalism and godlessness that will eventually destroy America. Her lawyers, uh, who have a sort of a reputation for defending objectionable First Amendment things like hate, repression, all in the name of Jesus, they really want to portray her as a simple, God-fearing person caught between the rock of the Constitution and the hard place of her own conscience. And that's a strong argument if you ignore that all of history has identical dilemmas throughout it, and all of which it was decided that the Constitution wins. After all, people used to have say the exact same things to fight interracial marriages, civil rights, the repeal of prohibition, and sometimes all at the same fucking time. That no one need fear for their safety or the safety of their wives, children, or property in the face of the obstreperous Negro. These coloreds need to learn a lesson, and we are going to teach it with dare I say, in these sacred confines, an iron fist. Some might note that Kim Davis is not what one would usually consider the ideal candidate to stand up for family values and Christian marriage. I mean, when you look at her scorecard, there are four marriages, three more than the Bible allows, two children born out of wedlock, which technically bastards, according to the Bible, that were conceived by a different man while she was married. I think that violates a commandment or two. Yeah, the adultery, that one's still on the list. Uh, looking at this checkered life, one might conclude... It appears my hypocrisy knows no bounds. But one would be wrong because Kim Davis got her get-out-of-hell-free card and she's washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Which is really disgusting when you think about it. It's killed the lamb just to... Never mind, that's very, very Hebrew, old school, first century B.C. Four years ago, apparently, Davis found Jesus like he was, you know, in a box in the bottom of a storage bin and asked for his forgiveness, and she was saved! Because, like, Jesus has nothing better to do than run around saving your sad ass from burning for eternal fires and torment and demons and pitchforks and lakes. I don't know. Just let this guy explain it. He does a better job than I can. He didn't die because of who you are. He didn't die to create this hell hole you know about. He died to keep you out of hell. See, what happens here is that uh, all of her sins were forgiven as though they never happened. Her sincere repentance, acceptance of the salvation of the Lord, and the cleansing of baptism gave her a new birth in grace. 
as though she were a child from her mother's womb, reborn into this world. All your sins, all your past trespass, gone, brothers and sisters. This is what Jesus does. He's the glory and salvation. And it can be yours if you ask him. And he knows that some of you listening to this podcast tonight, some of you feel it in your heart that the Lord is talking to you. And the sin is dragging you down. And just like Sister Kim, if you were to just kneel down on your knees, right here, standing and humble yourself before him, and Jesus is Lord and you are a sinner but if you want to you can be forgiven and you are can I get a hallelujah and an amen because you are forgiven and praise Jesus I don't know what the fuck just happened but I don't really care I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here this shit I'm out Oh, fuck, I hate it when I do that. It's like Tourette's. It just pops out of me from time to time. I mean, when you grow up the son and the grandson of a Southern Baptist preacher, that just it just happens. I'm sorry. For those of uh, you who did not grow up in a fundamentalist church... Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Okay, here's how this works. Jesus died for your sins, and when you ask him to, he just takes them. No, that doesn't really make any sense either. Um, Jesus is like bankruptcy for your sin. You see, you're born in sin debt because Eve invested in Apple during the dark times before the iPod was created, and she sold all the stock right before, like, I can't remember, like 2001. Either way, remember when Apple said, I'm, I'm off track here. Anyway, you're born in the sin debt. And you go through your life and you keep building up more sin, which is the same as debt, until one day you realize that just like your student loans, you're never going to be able to pay it back. So you go to Jesus and you look at him and you say, sincerely, I'm sorry, could you buy out all these bad investments I've made? And Jesus, just like Bear Stearns in 2007, says, sure, he bundles all of your sins with a bunch of other sins and he sells them to Iceland. Theology is often confusing here. Bear with me. Um, now, you have this perfect credit rating, and you're eligible to qualify for this 0% interest rate on a home in heaven in for all of eternity. And should you fuck up and build up some new sin debt, like that time you went on a weekend trip to Vegas and found out that it really doesn't stay in Vegas, that's okay. Because if you go back to Jesus and sincerely repent... Boom! All of your sin debt is gone again. And you just repeat as needed. Well, that was a load of shit. Hey, I don't write the book, but it doesn't change the fact that if you're Kim Davis, defending Christian marriage, you aren't being a smug, hypocritical asshole. Well, you are, but you don't think you are. Because all of that stuff that you did before is gone. This is why jailhouse conversions are a thing. This is why televangelists can spend church money on cocaine and blowjobs from a hooker in a cheap hotel room and still have a job come Sunday. It's why Republican politicians can regularly can attend gay bacchanalias with 30 leather daddies and a piston-driven dildo and then vote to deny constitutional rights to gay people on Monday. It's a great fucking system if you happen to be you know, a hypocritical, smug asshole. But I'm fairly sure it's not something that Yeshua ben Yosef would recognize if he showed up today. You see, I've read the Bible repeatedly because I had what one would call a crisis of faith in my 20s, and there's nothing more dangerous to faith than having a struggling believer 
believer, not believer. It's two different things, although I'm sure right now there are plenty of struggling believers as well. But there's nothing worse than having a struggling believer in Christianity. Read the goddamn book. Do you think the Catholic Church kept using Latin all those years because it was a simple, convenient language to understand or... Romanes aeunt Thomas. People call Romanes, they go the house. It, it says Romans go home. No, it doesn't. <laughs> What's Latin for Roman? Come on, ah, come on. Romanus? Goes like. Annus? What plural of Annus is? <laughs> Annie? Romani? Shit, no, that was an incredibly complex language. Even today we really don't understand it. And a man could find himself excommunicated for translating the scriptures into vernacular back in the day. He was lucky if he didn't get the visit from the fucking Inquisition. The Inquisition, what a show. The Inquisition, here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. No one expects the Mel Brooks Inquisition. The whole Protestant Reformation was basically because people started reading their Bibles. And it's, yeah, it's kind of funny how that happened after the Gutenberg Press started cranking out Bibles in a local language, leaving the Pope scrambling around like Lucia Ball, trying to keep up with chocolates in the chocolate factory to keep the faithful in line. You don't know what I'm talking about again, do you? I really got to I really got to update my cultural references. So, look, a lot of Christians look to the Bible as the literal word of God, but you know they're also mighty fucking selective about which words they live by, either from not reading the whole book or just conveniently ignoring those parts they don't like, like a kid who only eats the center of a sandwich and leaves a square hole of crust on the plate. So if Kim Davis was a good fundamentalist Christian, she wouldn't be doing any of the following. Eating tasty, tasty bacon. I've seen her. She does. Shellfish. That's right out. I mean, no more trips to Red Lobster. Mixing fabrics and girl, those Walmart off the shelves are not working for you. Graven images are out and I guarantee somewhere in her trailer there is a Christ statue. And you know what? I bet she keeps milk in the same fridge as she does her meat. But those are all old school or the OG, you know, original Genesis Bible. The new school or the New Testament just wiped that shit out, right? No, it didn't, but never mind. The big thing, the one thing that, frankly, Kim Davis is sinning on right now, well, there's a bunch, but this is the one that I'm going to talk about in this paragraph. From the Gospel of St. Paul, 1 Timothy, a woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. She, though, I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet, for it was Adam who was first creative, and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman deceived and fell into transgression. I can't read a Bible verse without dropping into that shit. St. Paul, that dour old queer, was quite clear on the role of women in the church and just really how he fucking thought about women in general. You get your bitch ass back in the kitchen and make me some pie! Perhaps Sister Kim ought to be at home tending the needs of her husband and her family and not 
teaching the word of God to the unbelievers. I mean, that part's really fucking clear in St. Paul. Maybe Kim needs to get her soul right with the Lord and just start asking for forgiveness again. Of course, that was Paul. And when I read the Bible, it was pretty easy to determine that Paul was completely and utterly full of shit. Here's a guy a hundred or so years after Jesus who came along and said, Well, yeah, Jesus said this, but what he really meant was, and proceeded to just make some shit up that served his personal views and prejudice. Just like now. Yeshua ben Yosef, on the other hand, was a bit more pointed if the Gospels can believe, which they can't. Honestly, these guys are telling us a dude got killed but came back three days later. You gotta wonder what was on the line of the wine at the Last Supper. But since we're just assuming here, let me point to you, dear listener, when Jesus said, Well then, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give unto God what belonged to God. His reply completely amazed them. Or, hey, how about, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not the doer of the law, but a judge. And, of course, we could talk about how biblical marriages were polygamist or that Paul wasn't too hot on marriage in general, since he saw all sex was basically a sin, particularly the hot and nasty sex he liked to have with the young male disciple. With They were dressed in leather and lots of olive oil, and there's a water-wheel-driven dildo. Though I can't actually factually prove this, Paul just comes across as sort of a really bitter old closeted queen. In the end, we can sit here and parse Bible, Bible verses back and forth. I can point out the hypocrisy of Kim Davis continues even now that she has quote-unquote found grace. I can speak to what it is that I think the first century Jew in Galilee meant when he talked about motes and beams or how Paul manipulated the scripture for his own desires and the church goosed that text for thousands of years to maintain their station. I could talk about how religion was used for evil and perpetuating slavery and for good in creating the abolitionist movement, but none of that matters because what matters is that we have this crazy little thing called the First Amendment, and it's pretty clear when it comes to the functions of government, your religion... Don't enter into it. You are required by the Constitution you Republicans walk around with in your fucking pockets that you follow the fucking goddamn law. And if you can't do that, don't keep the job. A Quaker cannot refuse to issue a gun license because they have pacifist views. A Jew cannot outlaw a bacon sandwich because they're kosher. A Hindu can't refuse a McDonald's to a business license because they serve beef. A Scientologist can't refuse a patent on antipsychotics because they're all batshit crazy. And a Muslim cannot refuse a liquor license because they are just awful people and they don't drink. I'm an atheist, and if by some miracle, and yes, I see what I did there, I were elected to political office, I couldn't force any of you to stop attending church because I think you're a bunch of silly, superstitious simpletons. This is the beauty of the first fucking amendment. 
When Kim Davis says her First Amendment rights are being violated because she's forced to issue a document which has nothing to do with religion, but with property and taxation, two things that are very clearly a part of the state, to two people of the same sex, after the law has been decided, she is just wrong. Her personal feelings are 100% fucking irrelevant in the matter. Her job is to sign the fucking thing and send them on their way. If it were her job to perform the ceremony, which is not, then maybe she might have a leg to stand on, although I'm fairly sure she doesn't, acting as an agent of the state. If she finds her job objectionable to her personal moral code, then she has exactly two choices, find a new job or find a new moral code. Period. And I know what the fuck I'm talking about here. I quit a job that cost me, and continues to cost me, all over a moral objection. Admittedly, those reasons were my dislike of incompetence, corruption, crime, and general laissez-faire attitude towards, you know, it being okay to rape women. But it cost me my job, my education, and much of my future. But hey, Jesus saves the faithful, and all the rest can just go fucking deal with it themselves. Now, some might draw a parallel to conscientious objectors, who refuse to serve because of philosophical or religious pacifism. And yet, during World War II, conscientious objectors still served, and they often took on roles of great personal duress and difficulty, like voluntarily starving themselves to provide a medical baseline for the population of Europe who needed to be fed after the war. Having a moral objection is not the same as just refusing to do something. Kim Davis could simply not be the one to sign the licenses, She could allow her staff to do that sinful deed. Instead, she is refusing to do the job she took an oath as an elected official to do for anyone. It's not principle, it's petulance that put her in this position. Sadly, petulance is now pretty much the same and an acceptable substitute for principle. A few hours after I finished the uh, first draft of the script, Kim Davis went to jail on contempt charges, which are the hammer judges use to nail down intractable assholes. Judge Bunning correctly judged, You suck! Sorry, that was a completely inadvertent pun. He summarized that fining Davis would only result in fundraising efforts paying her fees, and others, other butthurt Christians skipped their trailer payments and donated money to her. So he locked her up. When he did so, he got to the meat of this whole problem. She took an oath, and as Judge Bunning said, oaths mean things. This is the oath Kim Davis took when she took when she was sworn into office. I do solemnly swear, or the firm, or, the, or affirm, as the case may be. I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the Commonwealth and be faithful and true to the Commonwealth of Kentucky so long as I am a continued citizen thereof and that I will faithfully execute to the best of my ability the office of, in her case, county clerk, according to law. I do further solemnly swear or affirm that since the adoption of the present Constitution... I, being a citizen of this state, have not fought a duel with deadly weapons within this state, nor out of it, 
nor have I sent or accepted a challenge to fight a duel with deadly weapons, nor have I accepted as a second in carrying a challenge, nor aided or assisted a person. What the fuck is going on? Anyway, she fin- finishes it with So Help Me God. But we well, got to stop right here and talk about this. I challenge you to a duel. Damn, I knew they were serious about that chicken thing, but I didn't know how badly it gotten. Still, the reason we have people swear oaths or oaths is that some jobs require us to do things we might not otherwise want to do. Look, I joined the military. I wasn't exactly keen on charging into combat and getting blown into tiny, tiny bits. It just didn't seem to fit with my idea of my own personal... Idiom, sir? Idiom! I think most people feel the same way. When I was a cop, I didn't really think that marijuana laws were that logical. They seemed kind of stupid and pointless. But it took an oath to uphold the law, even if they weren't stupid and pointless. Kim Davis is not in jail tonight because she's a Christian. It's because she took an oath to uphold the law and she chose not to do that. You don't get to choose which laws you like. You can put yourself in a position where you are no longer bound by your oath the same way I did when I left the military and I decided I didn't want to die for my country or the same way that I did when I left law enforcement when I thought that busting a guy for smoking a joint probably wasn't a fucking really effective use of our nation's time. But you quit. You leave. You just don't stand there and forbid your subordinates to do the thing that you find morally objectionable. Because if someone like that were to get in a position of power and suddenly they were start telling people that they couldn't do things that they personally believed in, well, Jesus, you might as well just fucking elect Bernie Sanders for fucking president. Wow, that's probably not the right thing to say, is it? Oh, and oh, to bring this all back around to religious objection and sin, Kim Davis took an oath before God. It's right there in the oath. She swore to God that she would uphold the Constitution. It's like the second line in the thing. She lied to God. So, it wouldn't even surprise me to find out that she was dueling on top of that. You know, the situation will eventually work itself out in Rowan, Kentucky. She'll either get out of jail or resign or be impeached. And Dan Savage is probably right when she says, when, when, excuse me, when Dan says that once she received the grace of the Lord in the form of a million dollar uh, fundraising campaign, a life of easy money on the Christian lecture circuit, or churches will pay her thousands of dollars to come in and speak to the congregations about the tribulations of just staying true to their faith. She'll be called a martyr, which is a huge insult to everyone who sacrificed their lives and livelihood. But in the immortal words of Kurt Vonnegut, so it goes. Still, I think that when you're holier than thou, you should probably be careful about what you rest your holy on. Because when you rest it on hate or ignorance, 
or prejudiced, but mostly ignorance. You're going to come out being totally and wholly and completely full of shit. That's it for the show this week. For myself, Dave Bledsoe, and all the fictional people on this show, I would like to thank the band Hypnostate for their music and the opening credits. You can find their work on Jamindo.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, where you can rate, review, or rant. You can tell me I'm going to hell. I know that. You can follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook and get all the shows at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. Finally, we would like to remind you that your own personal Jesus cares. He's always there. But if the rest of us, we couldn't give a shit, you should probably keep that and him. Just that. Personal. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Kings Podcasts.